is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I spent, God, how long has it been now? Feels like forever. Pushing back against the Department of Injustice, U.S. attorney's offices around the country, district attorneys in New York, district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, the lies about Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Endless efforts. Endless. They crippled Donald Trump's presidential ambitions to interfere in the election, to get the Scarlet Lever convicted felon placed on his campaign, the violations of the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment. I've explained on Fox here, Blaze, motions that should be filed. I've talked about motions that have been filed. We've had many of the president's lawyers on the program. But nobody, truthfully, has been more disgusted than I. As somebody who has spent my life, my career in the law, who served as chief of staff to a real attorney general under a great president, Now watch what's happening in our country, and I'm going to get to other issues relatively quickly, but I want to just clear the air here. It's something that I've said the Republicans in Congress need to look at and look at now. It's Democrat judges who are destroying the judicial system. Joined by some rhino Republican judges. But the ones who are motivated, the ones who are leading the effort, are the Democrat Party judges. Now, those of you who listen to this program and read the various books I write should not be surprised. Why? Because the greatest racist to ever serve in the White House, certainly among them, Woodrow Wilson, before he was president, 
when he was one of the leading so-called progressive intellectuals, that is, early American Marxists. He made the case again and again in his original writings that you need to use the court system to change the country. You have to force your will on the public. It's not Congress. It's not the elected branches up and down the chain. It's the judiciary. It's judges. That's exactly what's happening in Washington, D.C. with Chudkin. It's exactly what's happening in Manhattan. And honestly, several of these cases should have been thrown out already. Just thrown out. But the media, they love these judges. Trump files motion for mistrial in New York fraud case. He filed it today. We were going to have Alina Haba on the program. I think she's an excellent attorney. Uh, she's asked to come on tomorrow, so she'll be on tomorrow. And she's, if not the lead, one of the lead attorneys in this matter. In this case, like Bratt's case, are so contemptibly politically motivated, it's appalling. This case in Manhattan, in the civil case, has the potential for denying Donald Trump his private property, his business license, his ability to conduct any business in the city and state of New York. They've used a statute, as Fox has reported, that's never been used ever against anybody else. And why? Because the statute's unconstitutional. And why is that? There's no victim. There's no complainant. Nobody has suffered fraud. So the case is really a case about Letitia James and this judge, Engeron, deciding for themselves, cherry-picking information on whether the assessments that were used, the valuations, and getting loans from certain banks meet the standard that Letitia James and this judge Arthur Engeron think they should have met. No victim, no complainant. Not a single bank has testified against Trump. They're all paid back on time without delay. These are big banks with big law firms. The legal documents stated affirmatively by Trump's lawyers in his documents not to rely on the valuations provided by the Trump organization. You're free, and transparently so, to make your own valuations and make your own decisions. So there is no fraud. There's no misconduct. There's no victim. Well, actually, the only victim is Trump and his family. And so they've appealed. And so the legal experts say it's going to be tough to appeal, arguing that there's a mistrial. Oh, really? Well, the judge is a hack who ruled against Trump before he and his lawyers even walked in the courtroom. He ruled on the papers before he heard a word of testimony. 
And his conduct during the course of the trial, he was clownish. He was preening for the camera. The reason his law clerk sitting to his right was the target of Trump's ire is because the, the law clerk kept rolling her eyes and making facial motions and so forth. And nobody should have to sit for that. The judge should have put an end to it. So it says, former President Trump's legal team requested a mistrial in the New York fraud case today, claiming, this is the whole newspaper, the trial judge and his principal law clerk's purported bias against Trump has, quote, tainted the case. This appearance of bias threatens both defendants' rights and the integrity of the judiciary as an institution. <clears throat> Trump's counsel pointed to posts made by John, uh, Judge Erdogan to a Whitley School alumni page, which the judge appears to run, referencing the case of individuals involved with it, including Trump, his son Eric Trump, and Trump attorney Alina Haba. The motion cited New York Code reading that a judge shall not make any public comment about a pending or impending proceeding in any court within the United States or its territory. You know, this is basic stuff to get a judge disbarred, a lawyer disbarred. It's like Chunkin doing the same thing. She's gotten away with it. She refuses to recuse herself. So she's the judge of herself. No, I don't think I've done anything wrong, so I'm staying. The former president's legal team also addressed their concerns with the judge's principal law clerk, who's become an unwitting main character in the trial. They asserted the clerk has acted throughout the trial as a co-judge, conferring with the judge via whispers or written notes before, before most orders have been issued. Now, a lot of judges are so stupid or incompetent, it's the law clerks that write the decisions. And I was told by a, a law clerk to a Supreme Court justice, when Harry Blackman was on the court, with respect to Roe v. Wade, that most of that was written by his law clerks. This happens, folks. You actually have judges and justices, and I wrote about it in Men in Black, who are senile, who have the early forms of dementia, who are not intelligent, and their clerks control the opinions. And so I'm sure that's what happened here. The principal law clerk has given unprecedented and inappropriate latitude, Trump's counsel wrote. The filing also claimed the clerk has made partisan political contributions in excess of strict limits, including to groups that oppose Trump and support New York Attorney General Letitia James, because it's an inside job, folks. And it goes on. You have a intellectually corrupt judge the radical Marxist attorney general who should have had her ticket pulled running for office based on going after Trump. The radical leftist clerk keeps whispering in the judge's ear. And they weren't sweet nothings, I don't think. And the judge himself has demonstrated that he's partisan, that he can't be an objective referee. The way that he ruled, as there's no jury, was unconscionable. 
Trump walks into that courtroom. He's already guilty. His company's already guilty. Now it's just a matter of money. Penalties. And nobody's ever been charged under this law. And furthermore, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the feds looked at this case and said, no, no, we're not, we're not in on this. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office looked at this, as bad as they are, and said, no, we're not in on this. And Letitia James jumped into it anyway. Summary judgment should have been given to Trump. In fact, it should have been dismissed even without summary judgment. I'm not going to get into all the details there. It should have been dismissed, period. And so they're having to appeal to another Democrat-controlled appellate court. Then they can appeal to their highest court which there they call the Court of Appeals. It's kind of screwed up, but that's what they do. So Trump and his family and his organization are stuck in this funnel where there's Democrat authority, Democrat control every step of the way. In the end, they may have to try the U.S. Supreme Court, but they don't seem to have the courage to do much. And I would argue it's a violation of the Fifth Amendment, the takings clause. And I would argue it's a violation of due process under the Fifth Amendment. So I believe there are federal constitutional arguments that can be made at some point. But we'll have Alina Habal on the program tomorrow. I want to go through this as we go through every one of these cases. And in Washington, D.C., Jack the Ripper Smith is losing his mind. He's losing his temperament, such as it is. He's demanding that the appellate court dismiss the waste of time with these motions. They're just trying to delay, you know, and we, we the federal government, we're in a hurry to put Trump in prison before the first vote is cast, you know. When Trump's Lawyers have argued that he actually does fall under executive privilege, that the actions he's being attacked for occurred when he was president of the United States. And that is a very strong argument, by the way. No president's had to make that argument before because no president's been treated this way. And of course, they're challenging the gag order, which is utterly unconstitutional. And so Jack the Ripper, the phony special prosecutor, nothing special about him. He's a He's a headhunter. He wants the gag order expanded. Even the disreputable ACLU, the American Criminal Liberties Union, has said we hold our nose because we hate Trump, but this is clearly unconstitutional. But the position of the Department of Justice is the First Amendment doesn't apply to a defendant. The First Amendment doesn't apply to a former president, and the First Amendment doesn't apply to somebody who's trying to win back the presidency and respond to all of his critics. So in other words, this is a grotesque undermining of the campaign of obviously the front runner for the presidency. Interfering in the election, the evisceration of constitutional norms and hack Democrat 
federal judges like the ones in New York and in Washington. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Does anybody think Joe Biden is competent enough to be trained and become an engineer on a Amtrak train? Of course not. How about a pilot? No. How about a dentist? No. How about a surgeon? No. Lawyer? No. In other words, is Joe Biden capable with the proper training? of holding almost any job that involves health, safety, life and death? No. So how is it that he's capable of being president of the United States? He's out there in San Francisco, which got a whole Potemkin village cleanup, which is what the Democrats and the communists do. Screw the people, they have to live in the crap. But we have a communist genocidal murder coming. And it's interesting how Joe Biden, you know, they used to say Trump gets friendly. How he shook hands with Xi, put his hand on top of Xi's. I thought he was going to give him a wet kiss there for a second. But I want to talk about this because from what I'm hearing and seeing, nothing demonstrably important has come out of this. It's all propaganda. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
This is Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. You know, America, I've noticed that the more aggressive I become in response to the American media that continues to humiliate itself, even though it doesn't have any circumspection. So many hosts, so many platforms, so many websites that continue daily to reveal themselves as Jew haters, as Israel haters, America haters. Too many to name. And the record's a long one. Maybe I'm going to write a book on this, maybe. We'll see. Already wrote on freedom of the press, but... That as a result, I come under more attack. I come under more attack. We get a lot more efforts, haters, to come on the program through the call screening. And of course, I'm in a very dangerous position. You see the violence that's taking place out there. And so it's much more difficult for me to get around, to move around. Doesn't take much these days. I'm not whining and complaining, I'm just informing you. You're my, my radio family. And reporters know this. Which is why they do what they do, write what they do, say what they say. About me. They hope to silence me. That's not going to happen. Over my dead body. It is not going to happen. Many of us see the rise of the 1930s again. We're extraordinarily concerned about it. We see this slow moving crystal knock taking place on our college campuses. On our streets. And elsewhere, never again means never again. And I want to remind everybody who's listening, especially those who are not Jewish, that the Third Reich drew in our entire country. People of all backgrounds, all faiths, into a massive world war where the casualties were horrendous. And that's the problem today. Joe Biden's there, shaking hands, smiling, throwing roses at a genocidal mass murderer, Xi, who's effectively imprisoned two to two and a half million Uyghurs, Muslims. Joe Biden doesn't say a word about it. Joe Biden doesn't say, protect the civilians. Compare his treatment of Xi and how he talks to China. So careful, so fearful. We're not going to disengage. We just want to compete. As they're building up their nuclear arsenal, as they're building up their navy, as they're building up their air force, as they are threatening Taiwan with invasion, Joe Biden's response is we just want to compete. And compare how he treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. 
Compare them. Compare how Blinken treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. Compare how the American media treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. It's sickening. There's a reason for it. They have no respect for this tiny state of Israel. They can kick it around, push it around. This is what they believe in the Democrat Party. Tell it what to do, tell it what not to do. And if the elected prime minister of Israel resists, he's to be destroyed with leaks to Thomas Friedman. With leaks to Politico. With leaks to CNN and the rest of the reprobates in the phony American media. And we have millionaires and billionaires, dark money, pouring into Israel to try and destroy him. Because they're trying to install somebody who will comply with their demands. And I don't mean America's demands. I mean with Biden's demands. And the language that's used. There are hosts on MSNBC who should be fired on the spot. I don't care what their racial status is. I don't care what their religious status is. I care what comes out of their mouths. You don't get a pass because of your heritage. You don't get a pass for what you say today. You're an adult. You're an adult. You stand on your own two feet. I'm not interested in pulling in their family members. You're an adult. Or even their ancestry. Things that come out of their mouths. We all hear it. We all see it. New York Times. How many mulligans do they get over there? When it comes to anti-Semitism and Jew hatred... When it comes to Israel, when it comes to the Holocaust, and now the new Holocaust, how many, how many mulligans do they get? There's a really fantastic piece in the Washington Times by a great historian and a Reagan biographer of many fantastic books. His name is Craig Shirley. He's a friend. He says, this is how it started in Nazi Germany. First it was harassment, then protests in the street. Then it evolved into extermination of state policy. Angry, hateful mobs were egged on by simpleton Jew haters. It's almost bound to happen. Anti-Semitism has been part of our world for thousands of years, going back to Egypt's enslavement of the Jews by the pharaohs. Europe witnessed anti-Semitism over many years, especially in France, Austria, and Germany. Indeed, there were actually anti-Semitic political parties in those countries in the late 19th century. German Jews were killed here and there in the early 1930s, and anti-Semitic protests were often supported by the intellectual classes and college students of Germany. There's been books written on this now. But there was never a mass and organized attempt at their annihilation until the rise of Hitler and National Socialism in Germany. Anti-Jewish propaganda was thrown about by the Nazis and their supporters to stir up anger and then hate. More and more German Jews were frightened to go to class or to restaurants or take public transportation. More and more came the painting of Jew or Juden graffiti, as well as the Nazi swastikas on buildings owned by Jews. Does this sound familiar? The Nazis, the National Socialists? 
were regarded as a fringe organization, a loose collection of left-wing haters in the early days. Then came vandalism. Then came violence. Then came a night of broken glass when hundreds of Jews were killed. Kristallnacht. With the rise of National Socialist Adolf Hitler came organized hate. He was the detestable socialist and anti-Semite who brought it all together. As Hannah Arendt, who was a survivor and obviously has passed, but a brilliant philosopher, wrote in her brilliant book, The Origins of Totalitarianism, which are also cited in my book, The Democrat Party Hates America. She said anti-Semitism has often been used as an organizing tool of the left, as it was in the Soviet Union. And she has an entire chapter in the book titled Leftist Anti-Semitism. And I have an entire chapter on leftism and Democrat Party anti-Semitism, chapters two and three. When Hitler came to power, she wrote, the German banks were already almost Judenrein. That is, Jews were missing from their ranks. And German Jewry as a whole, after long and steady growth in social status and numbers, was declining so rapidly that statisticians predicted its disappearance in a few decades. The end result was the extermination of six million Jews and millions of other so-called undesirables, including homosexuals and people with physical and mental disabilities. Nazism, National Socialism has always been a left-wing ideology, and it was and is often associated with the upper and so-called educated classes. Liberals all over the years have falsely smeared conservatives as anti-Semitic. The irony is that conservatives have been steadfast in their anti-socialist views and have fought for the existence of Israel and its sovereignty. The reality of history shows the left being more closely aligned with overt nationalism and anti-Semitism. They see it as a, mean, a means to control the masses. Or as I wrote and stated repeatedly in the Democrat Party Hates America, you have to look through the lens of power to understand the Democrat Party. I understand this phrase is now being used by all my colleagues and my, my enemies as well. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton recently and falsely attacked former President Donald Trump as a Nazi. I spent an hour and a half on this in yesterday's show, defending the most pro-Jewish, pro-Israel president in American history and in Israel's history, Donald Trump. But he used the word vermin. Oh, okay. And FDR? What about him? Joe Biden? What about him? Rearming Iran, now to another $10 billion says the reality of history shows the left being more closely aligned with these overt nationalism and anti-Semitism. So Hillary Clinton attacks Donald Trump as a Nazi. And by the way, the media over the weekend called Donald Trump Hitler. So many times you can't even keep track because this is what they do. Someone needs to teach this ignorant woman Hillary Clinton. And by the way, ignorant individual Joe Scarborough among others her isms she's a collectivist just like the liberals leading today's anti-semitic protests just like the liberals smashing Jewish businesses just like Nazism a collectivist philosophy Menachem Begin the great former head of Israel 
called Ronald Reagan Israel's best friend. No Jewish leader ever said that about President Barack Obama, who empowered the terrorist state of Iran. Today's disgusting anti-Semitic mobsters, all on the left, are tomorrow's brown shirts, writes Craig Shelley correctly. Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, Ilhan Omar, and other sympathizers of Hamas and their extermination of Jews are followers of other monsters of history. They are their ideological and behavioral equals. They've embraced despicable policies. The textbook definition of socialism is the state controls the means of production and distribution. These are the new followers of hate as a state policy. History does repeat itself indeed. Today's liberals are yesterday's national socialists, writes Craig Shirley. And of course, they had their media. Just like these, these haters have their media today. Be right back. Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You're not going to believe what happened to the United Nations just now. Biden gives Iran $6 billion a week to 10 days before the October 7 massacre of the Jews. Yesterday, Biden gives Iran another $10 billion. Even though Iran are killing, excuse me, have backed Hamas that's killed American citizens and has done enormous damage to a number of American soldiers and continues to attack our bases. Does that ever occur to you? Do you ever wonder which side Joe Biden's on? Is he on our side or the enemy's side? When it comes to China, when it comes to Iran, whose side is he on? You have a Manchurian president? That's what I've called him before. Is he being blackmailed? I mean, what accounts for such insanity? To remarn my enemy like this? But I'll get to this in a minute, what he just did at the UN, while he's slobbering all over Xi, who's got more blood on his hands than anyone can imagine. Different moral set of principles for Xi than Israel. Different moral set of principles for Israel than us. Because of the open border and all the death that's occurring as a result of that. 
just want to show you how loathsome the Biden regime is. It's leaking to its favorite media outlets to undermine the Israeli commander-in-chief, Netanyahu. It's demanding that Israel start talking about surrendering even security control over the Gaza Strip, insisting that it acknowledge the need for a two-state solution, even though the enemy is not interested in a two-state solution. They'll get what they can. They're interested in a caliphate. If Iran was interested in a two-state solution, why is it trying to destroy these other countries? If Hamas was interested in a two-state solution, it had one of the states, Gaza. And I could go on and on, of course. But this administration, like the Obama administration, is one of the true grotesque, grotesque regimes in American history. And they are laden with anti-Semites, just as Obama's administration was, and this one is. They're all over the State Department. And Obama's statement the other week was the icing on the proverbial cake. So what's happening? Ready for this, America? This is from Israel National News. UN Security Council calls for, quote, humanitarian pauses, unquote, in Gaza. Resolution approved by a majority with 12 to 0, with three countries abstaining. One of the countries abstaining was the United States. Was the United States. The U.S., which has veto power in the Security Council, said it supported the resolution, but didn't vote for it because it failed to condemn Hamas. So it voted present. That's like being a little bit pregnant, as they say. And this is the problem Joe Biden has. He believes he needs the votes of part of his base, which supports Hamas, Marxism, and apparently terrorism, while at the same time pretending he supports the Jewish state of Israel. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The media and its propaganda have a lot of people fooled, and it's unfortunate. It happens often. First, Israel's now the aggressor and the bad guy, which is sickening. They're surrounded. They're trying to defeat an enemy that attacked them in a horrific way. Number two, that Joe Biden is this great supporter of Israel. Let me make this clear. Joe Biden lit the fire in the Middle East that resulted in this war that's taking place now. Donald Trump's foreign policy led to peace throughout the Middle East. It was unbelievable. Nobody could believe it. Joe Biden is a, a political arsonist. 
That's what he is, both here at home and overseas. He's a political arsonist. And he lit the fire in the Middle East like really no modern president ever has. And he's still doing it by arming the enemy. There's no other way to put it. His decisions are arming the enemy. Now, it's an amazing thing. We have sanctions in place thanks to President Trump. And Joe Biden will not honor them. He will not enforce them. And yet, today at the United Nations, I will read this to you, the United Nations Security Council approved the resolution calling for, quote, urgent and extended humanitarian pauses to the Gaza war. Now, what's amazing about this is you have China voting for it, Russia voting for it. These regimes that are slaughtering their own people and other people like they give a damn about a pause. The resolution passed 12 to 0, with three countries abstaining, the United States, Great Britain, and Russia. Why would the United States and Great Britain abstain? They already know, as a matter of fact, through their own context, with Israeli intelligence, the Israeli IDF, the Israeli leadership, they're in constant communication, that Israel's doing everything humanly possible to protect the lives that Hamas once killed, once dead. The U.S., which has veto power in the Security Council, said it supported the resolution but did not vote for it because it failed to condemn Hamas. What a bunch of flim-flam. And it is unacceptable. It is unconscionable that on his way to meet one of the greatest genocidal maniacs on the face of the earth, Joe Biden didn't have two minutes to stop at the massive rally in Washington, D.C. Could have gotten in and out of there. 300,000 people. He didn't even send a a recorded statement, a video to be played. Look, I'm busy, but let's send a video. Nothing. Not a word. He sent some surrogate. Joe Biden, in supporting... The provision of arms to Israel has done nothing differently in that respect than any past president. Period. Nothing differently than any past president. Period. He sends a nuclear sub there. He's not fooling anybody. What the hell for? It's a deterrent. Deterrent to what? He's got two fleets sitting there. In essence, two armadas including our most advanced carrier, the Gerald Ford. We come under attack. Our soldiers come under attack. And so far, a couple of responses hitting warehouses, maybe killing seven people in one of the warehouses. He's not even protecting our military, as he's not protecting our citizens on the southern border. He is undermining the state of Israel. He's creating a, well, they created the Potemkin City in San Francisco. He's, he's creating Potemkin illusions in the Middle East. We've got tons of firepower there that's done nothing to even protect our own troops. 
And rather than saying Israel beat the enemy the way Nixon did with Kissinger, the way every succeeding president has, Biden won't let them. He's got the international community coming down on Israel. He's got their me- our media in America coming down on Israel. This is an ally? This is how we treat an ally? He's afraid to even confront Iran by enforcing the sanctions. But don't worry. Israel, they kick around. Why do they kick Israel? I'm telling you why. It's a tiny country with a very small population. And because it's Jewish. He would never do this to a Muslim country. He would never do it to an Arab country. He won't do it to a communist Chinese country. Now, responding to the approval of the resolution, which the United States could have stopped, Israel's ambassador to the UN, Gilad Ardan, said, the council's resolution is disconnected from reality and is meaningless. Regardless of what the council decides, Israel will continue acting according to international law, while the Hamas terrorists will not even read the resolution at all, let alone abide by it. It is unfortunate that the council continues to ignore, not condemn, or even mention the massacre that Hamas carried out on October 7, which led to the war in Gaza. It is truly shameful. He said Hamas's strategy is to deliberately deteriorate the humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip and increase the number of Palestinian casualties in order to motivate the UN and the Security Council to stop Israel. It will not happen. Israel will continue to act until Hamas is destroyed and the hostages are returned. Now, it's interesting. You've got these multi-level attacks on Israel, including from within Israel. At a short post on social media. But I'm going to expand on this one day in the not-too-distant future. Ehud Barak. He is the leader, but certainly not the only one, of an effort in Israel that's been going on for three years to destroy their democracy, to hand power to a centralized judicial oligarchy, to destroy the religious parties. They call them extreme right wing. Biden does, the New York Times does, you know, the people who hate Christians in our country. Well, they hate practicing Jews in Israel. It is a coup of the worst kind. It led to a civil war of sorts in Israel prior to October 7th. It was as much a revolution as the revolution we see among the Marxists in our own country, led by a man, Ehud Barak, who was a disgraced former prime minister, who tried to give away to Arafat 98% of Judea and Samaria, a.k.a. the West Bank, and East Jerusalem for their capital, with reparations. But Arafat said no, because again, American administrations do not accept the fact that we're dealing with terrorists who want to caliphate, not a two-state solution, a caliphate. Joe Biden 
is not doing anything differently in the regard of the provision and support with weapons, many of which Israel paid for. Instead, he's arming the other side. Look, people say, well, why don't we get $3.4 billion to Israel? Not only do we get a lot, he's given 50-fold that kind of money with his waivers, with his non-enforcement, to Iran. $3.4 billion is a drop in the bucket to Iran. I mean, they're used to getting $70 billion a year now. So the Biden regime is part of the Obama regime. It was Obama-Biden, now it's Biden-Obama. Same faces, Blinken, Sullivan, other reprobates, miscreants and malcontents, coming fresh out of our Poison Ivy League schools. Notice the phrase, Poison Ivy, not just Ivy, Poison Ivy schools. And they're undermining Israel right now. And you can see the leaks in Politico, the leaks to CNN, the leaks to the Washington Compost, and the leaks to the New York Times. By the way, the New York Times, hold on a second. Hold on. So I did something that I hate to do. This morning I went out and bought some of these newspapers. The New York Times only $4, Mr. Producer. I can get a good hot dog for $4, but nonetheless, I'll do anything for this audience. Washington Compost and a few other papers. The 300,000, 290 to 300,000 march in Washington, D.C. was on page 20-something in the Washington Post. They threw it away. I was so disgusted. 20-something. The New York Times has sort of a two-thirds long, two-thirds of the columns on the front page with a photo of the Capitol building, the heads, heads, top of the heads of, it doesn't even give the breadth and depth of the march, of it looks like 40 people, some of them carrying Israeli flags, and it says, A rally for Israel, thousands of demonstrators gathered on Tuesday on the National Mall in Washington in a show of solidarity with Israel. Page 21, Mr. Bidu. Go to page 21. This same New York Times that did the same damn thing with the Holocaust. But what else is on the front page? What exactly was this massive rally competing with? Well, let's look. Let's see here. Israel says video shows weapons inside a hospital. Gaza officials deny it. What? So there's the moral equivalency. Even the United States Intelligence and Defense Department, even Kirby has said there's no question about this. But the New York Times, Gaza officials deny it. And then they say the release seeks to bolster case for attacks as outcry grows. In other words... Israel's up to something nefarious by revealing this information. They're trying to stop Hamas. Let's look at the another column here. 
fleeing battle while fighting a deeper one, effort to rescue young in Gaza with cancer. The only people trying to save these people are the Israeli IDF soldiers. They're now going room to room, floor to floor, hand-to-hand combat in this hospital. They're finding major caches of weapons. Heavy-duty weapons. They're bringing in their video to show them. And for the New York Times, this is basically a ploy to bolster their case for these attacks, you see. They brought in a complete medical unit. So anybody who's truly ill or babies or others, they're bringing into the medical unit. This is at the same time the main headquarters of Hamas is right under the building. And of course, Hamas terrorists could try and create deceptions that they in fact are hospital patients. I mean, the Israelis are having to fight this. In the New York Times, this is the front page. What else is on the front page of the New York Times above the fold? Speaker relies on Democrats to avert crisis. What else is above the fold? Freeway closed? Question mark? Drivers in L.A. don't sweat it. For commuters, added inconvenience is a city full of them. This is exactly what these scholars wrote about during the Holocaust. That the New York Times, the Washington Post, all these major so-called sources of information and news hide the facts in the interior pages if, in fact, they present them as facts at all. If you look at the front page of the New York Times, you're going to think that, new, that the Israelis are once again the aggressors, that they're people in this hospital with cancer, and the Israelis don't give a damn, that the Gaza officials deny, that the stashes of weapons are in the hospital, and that Israel's up to something. Meanwhile, you have a photograph that's about uh, three columns wide uh, at the top. And if you look at the picture, you can't, even, you can't even imagine the gravity of the event that took place yesterday. Then you turn to page 21. I wonder what's on page two. After years of heartbreak, breakthrough arrives. I don't know if that has to do with psoriasis or what. Excerpts from New York Times audio. Oh, what else is in here? Full page ad, ready to retire Fisher Investments. International, frantic Israeli farmers scramble for workers after Hamas attacks. Next page. Another full page ad. Are nurses worth just a penny? Some are worth nothing, depending on how they treat you. Israel says video shows weapons inside hospital. Gazans deny it. Same headline. Let's continue, shall we? Another full page. Fleeing battle in Gaza while fighting a deeper one. The families of hostages on march to Israel. Going to Netanyahu's office to demand their release at any price. And it goes on and on until you get to page 21. China shows softer side to U.S. ahead of San Francisco summit. 
Expectations are low for Xi Biden talk. Okay, goes on. Britain's leader is the third political make. Goes on and on and on. Then they have one about a horse. And then you get to page 21 about what took place yesterday on our national mall. That's your New York slimes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Folks, don't forget, I don't say this enough, in addition to our fantastic radio affiliates, and they're fantastic, AM, some FM, there are many ways to listen to this program. You can find my full podcast daily, interviews and specials on YouTube. Did you know that? YouTube.atmarklevinshow, YouTube.atmarklevinshow. Or search Mark Levin Show, L-E-V-I-N, Mark Levin Show, in YouTube. And also, you can go to MarkLevinShow.com, The Mothership, click on Audio Rewind at the top, and pick your favorite podcast platform. It's growing by leaps and bounds, as they say, mostly leaps. I encourage you to check it out. I'll be right back. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. A lot of young people say, how do you get into the talk radio business? And what do you do? And so forth and so on. The second question should be, how do you last in the talk radio business for decades? Because there's endless efforts. To kill the show, to destroy the show, to destroy the host, 
So you have to be strong. You have to have a belief in your principles. You have to have respect and be blessed by a fantastic audience. And then you're, you're bulletproof from these people. And I always fire back. Well, almost always. But you have to be strong. If you're going to become a public person, and even more, if you're going to become a public conservative, and you're going to defend your country, its principles, you're target number one. It's that simple. But if you know you're right, and if you really think through everything, as best you can, you know, I talk three hours a day, five days a week, so there's a slip-up every now and then, and they're there to grab it. That's okay. But if you have faith and confidence in yourself and faith and confidence in your audience, you're going to be okay. In fact, you're going to be better than okay. And that's thanks to you. The holidays are here now. You know, have you noticed the time goes faster the older you get? When you're young, you can't wait. Come on, come on, let's get to Hannah. Let's get to Christmas. Come on, come on. Now it's like, geez. I feel like it's last year. And it's already here. And I think the older you get, the faster it goes. That's just my theory. Mentally. There was a piece I've been meaning to get to by one of the greatest syndicated columnists in history, Cal Thomas. I read to you a piece by one of the great historians and Reagan biographers, Craig Shirley. And I have found that some of the most important voices, some of the most articulate and profound voices in defending Israel and Judaism are not Jews. Oh, they're there too, don't get me wrong. But Gentiles, specifically Christians. I'm going to read something to you from Cal Thomas, who's a Christian, a man of deep faith. And on your own, compare it to Thomas Friedman, who in my view is a self-hating Jew. Of course, in his view, he's the king of Jews. But nonetheless, he writes this, does Cal Thomas. We have again entered the season of gratitude. You remember gratitude, don't you? It was what we expressed before we became entitled. Last Saturday was the observance of Veterans Day, during which many thanked those who served in the military and have protected our freedoms. Next week is Thanksgiving, when some people will thank God for the many blessings bestowed on America, despite our rebellion against the Ten Commandments. Even given our cultural rot and political turmoil, there's still much for which to be thankful. Then comes Christmas, when gratitude to God seems increasingly diminished by the secular. The height or depth of ingratitude is being exposed in large demonstrations around the world. As the anti-Israel and anti-Jewish protesters say vulgar things about the Jewish people, and call for the elimination of the democratic Jewish state. They might benefit from having the contributions of Jews explained to them. Those contributions have contributed to a better society and a better world. 
He writes, the Jews gave us the Talmud, or the Old Testament, which is full of information about God and wisdom for how we can live successful lives. Remember, Cal is a a deep believer. He's a Christian. A Jew, Jesus of Nazareth, is introduced in what Christians call the New Testament and lays out his plan for the salvation of all who believe. Given their small percentage of the population, Jews have excelled in many fields for which everyone should be grateful. A short list cannot cover all of them. There was physicist Albert Einstein, Jonas Salk, creator of the first polio vaccine, Albert Sabin, the oral polio vaccine, Galileo, discovered the speed of light, among other things, Salman Waxman, streptop, uh, coined the word antibiotic, created antibiotics, Gabriel Lipman, discovered color photography, Baruch Blumberg, discovered the origin and spread of infectious diseases, G. Edelman, discovered chemical structure of antibodies, Breton Epstein identified the first cancer virus. Maria Meyer, the structure of the atomic nuclei. Julius Meyer discovered the law of thermodynamics. Sigmund Freud, the father of psychotherapy. Benjamin Disraeli, British Prime Minister. Isaac Singer, the inventor of the sewing machine. Levi Strauss, the largest maker of denim jeans. Joseph Pulitzer established the famous prize that honors journalists, literature, music, and art. And Ben Heck, journalist, playwright, novelist, and so, 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 so many more. I would like to put together the list of the Palestinians, Mr. Producer. That'd be a very, very short list, don't you think? Mark, what are you saying? The truth. Broadway would be dark, a musical theater dead without the contribution of Jews. These included George and Ira Gershwin, Oscar Hammerstein, Richard Rogers, Lorenz Hart, Kurt Wheel, Irving Berlin, Leonard Bernstein, Betty Comden, and, Alf, and Adolph Green, Joel Stein, Neil Simon, Stephen Sondheim, Marvin Hamlish, Cy Coleman, John Kander, and Fred Ebb, Cabaret in Chicago. Perhaps some lesser-known talents like Charles Strauss, Bye Bye Birdies, and Annie. The Stephen Schwartz, Godspell on Wicked, and the profile of Cole Porter. Jewish artists have created beauty, sometimes at a tragedy. These include Mark Chagall, whose work hangs in the Israeli Knesset. There are many other Jewish painters and sculptors. If you enjoy weekend credit, weekends, credit the Jews. See Exodus 20. Eight, other contributions made by Jews, writes Cal Thomas, a non-Jew, a Christian, by Jews to society and culture include the census, asylum, animal rights, equality under the law, our courts, crop rotation, monetary damages in public schools, though they might not take credit for them today given their declining quality and growing anti-Semitism. A few demonstrators calling for free Palestine and from the river to the sea have been interviewed and have demonstrated little to no knowledge of the history of Judaism or the establishment of the Jewish state. And it is ignorance that allows dictators and terrorists to pursue their objectives, while a properly informed public preserves and protects what is important to a free and civilized society. Cal Thomas ends, if you believe much things are important, these, excuse me, if you believe such things are important, offer some gratitude, not hostility. 
to the Jews. And of course, this is not to the exclusion of Christians, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, so many others. He's just pointing it out, this tiny, 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 tiny percentage of the world population. And this obsession with obliterating them and exterminating them. And I'm going to tell you in part what I think the obsession is all about. Jews may be a very small number, but as Cal Thomas is pointing out here and trying to underscore here, education and hard work have always been part of the Jewish culture. Always. To succeed. Morality. The Ten Commandments. The Torah. Have always been part of the Jewish culture. Not talking about secular Jews per se, although even for some of them, I'm talking about the Jewish culture. So much of what was said during the founding of this country and was implemented during the founding of this country comes from the Judeo-Christian belief system. If you're an Islamicist, if you're a fascist, if you're a Marxist, if you're a genocidal totalitarian of any kind, any ideology, any sort, you must destroy the Jews. Just remember, such regimes want control. They want conformity. They don't want a competition of ideas. They don't want dissent. They certainly don't want to hear about the Torah and what's in the Torah, what God gave the Jewish people from the Ten Commandments and so much more. They don't want anything, certainly not faith, competing with their thirst for power through ideology. Faith, the earliest and greatest documents. The prodigy of this history must be obliterated. Whether you're Hitler, whether you're the Islamists in Iran, in Hamas, whether you were the Roman Emperor, whether you were the Persian or Babylonian conquerors, you cannot have these people talking about these ideas and promoting these ideas about humanity, about God, about individualism. These brilliant, brilliant figures, Moses, Abraham, so many others. You cannot have these children, these particular children of God, and we're all children of God, out there preaching otherwise. So Hitler seeks to exterminate them. Stalin seeks to exterminate them. The Islamists seek to exterminate them. Then when they're all gone, 
Next, it's the Christians. It's a little tougher with the Christians. There's a lot more of them and a lot more Christians and even Muslims. A little tougher. The Christians are, at least for now, a majority in many, many very, very powerful countries. In virtually every NATO country. Of course, in the United States. But the Jews, there's only 16 million of them on the face of the earth. Seven million of them are right there in the state of Israel. Seven million. We can hit all seven million all at once. They're right there. And the vast majority of the rest are in the United States and Europe. Well, they're a tiny, tiny majority. A minority, excuse me. That's what's going on. That's why, honestly, the Jews can never be safe. Because evil will never stop. It is a constant battle. And they are on the front lines. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. The vast majority of people Hitler killed outside the Holocaust were Christians. He wasn't fighting for Christianity. He was fighting for the quote-unquote Aryan race. The vast majority of soldiers, United States soldiers, the greatest generation that fought Hitler, were white, Christian, straight men. All of whom, those four elements, are despised today in our universities and colleges and in media. They call it white privilege and white domination. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to Arlington Cemetery and you look at all those crosses. And there's the stars of David and so forth, but you look at all those crosses. I wonder if those men who died thought that they were privileged and dominant. This is why I literally cannot stand, I hate MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and these tenured professors. Diversity, they say. Well, most of the military, there was diversity, yes. 
There was integration, yes. But most of the fighters were white men, straight Christians. And I know I'll come under attack for saying it, but these are facts, and I don't give a damn. This is what I mean. The Jews with the totalitarians are always the first line. And then it's the Christians. And then it's everybody else. That's the way it works. And that's the way it's been working. You need to embrace faith. You need to embrace morality. You need to know right from wrong, good from evil. Or what are you? What are you? You're the people who protest in the streets of America today. Who rip down posters of kidnapped individuals, many of whom may be dead. Who carry the swastika on their flags. Who talk about the obliteration of the Jews in Israel. That's what you are. This is how you have Islamists. This is how you have Nazis. This is how you have... Marxists of the sort that are in communist China, in Cuba, in Nicaragua. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Justice Trudeau is a fascist pig. Just like his daddy was. Remember what he did to the truckers? Tried to destroy them. Tried to steal their rigs. Even their dogs. And yet he's considered a liberal, lowercase Democrat. Liberal Democrat. Canada. Standing up for the little people. Standing up for liberty. He's a fascist pig. I-24 News in Israel, Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu, reacted to Canadian Trudeau accuses Israel of killing babies in Gaza. Sounds like he's part of Hamas. Or even part of the 
United States delegation to the United Nations today. So uh, Netanyahu responds to what uh, to what this fool had to say. Let's see, I'm trying to find it. He reacted, did Netanyahu, to Trudeau's comments saying, it is not Israel. And why should he even have to say this, for God's sakes? It's obvious to everybody. It is not Israel that is deliberately targeting civilians, but Hamas that beheaded, burned, and massacred civilians in the worst horrors perpetrated on Jews since the Holocaust. While Israel's doing everything to keep civilians out of harm's way, Hamas is doing everything to keep them in harm's way. The Prime Minister has to keep defending his people. There's a 47-minute excuse me, film, video, I've touched on this briefly, that was put together based on the video cameras these subhuman monsters used as they raped, pillaged, tortured, and murdered. These little towns in southern Israel. Nobody was spared. No unimaginable atrocity was omitted. 47 minutes. Certain members of Congress were shown this film, Democrats and Republicans. And I watched the reaction as they came out of the room. They were shaken, literally shaken. Some of the members had tears dripping down their cheeks. Some said that these horrific scenes are now emblazoned in their brain forever. I'm not tough enough to watch this 47 Minutes America. It's out there. You can watch it. But I do think Justin Trudeau ought to look at it. I think Tom Friedman ought to look at it. I think the hundreds of federal Hamas-supporting taxpayer-subsidized employees ought to look at it rather than have their pronoun and diversity seminars. They're to look at it. In fact, the entire federal bureaucracies, as part of the various junkets they take and seminars and training they have, ought to be forced to look at those 47 minutes. Look at them. All the editors, all the reporters, all the opinion writers at the New York Times and the Washington Post ought to be forced to look at the film. All the employees at CNN and MSNBC, they should be forced to look at this film, this video. They should be forced to look at it. This is not an Israel production. This is a Hamas production. I was told that 
as the film was being played, you could hear a pin drop. I believe I saw that and heard that on somebody was interviewed on Fox. Except for interruptions by members of Congress who were horrified. 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 And so we have Justin Trudeau trashing the Jews in Israel. Because, you know, they're killing babies. They're killing innocent civilians. They're creating suffering in the Gaza Strip. Of course, Israel has the right to defend itself. Don't get us wrong. Just can't use deadly force, that's all. It has to do something the the Canadian army, such as it is, could never do. No other army on the face of the earth could ever do. And shouldn't be expected to do. Everybody knows what Hamas is. Everybody knows what a caliphate is. Everybody knows what subhuman monsters are. Everybody knows the history of Nazism, whether it's German or Arab. Everybody knows the history of victim, victimhood. Six million Jews slaughtered. There's only seven million left in Israel. Sixteen million worldwide. What should they do? Stop? Humanitarian pause, which is outrageously labeled. What should they do? Well, Joe Biden's decided what they should do. Joe Biden's decided in the midst of all this, he's going to arm Iran with $10 billion and more, having given them $6 billion and actually having given them $7 billion a year. So far, my calculation is at least $100 billion since the beginning of the Biden regime, where Donald Trump cut off every damn plug nickel. And they call him Hitler. Hitler? What about Biden? Who's he? What's he? Don't you dare call him that, Mark. We'll sick Media Matters and George Soros. Don't you dare. Only Trump can be Hitler. No. We're not intimidated here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. one of the great journalists of our time, writes for one of the great sites, Washington Free Beacon. While Hamas planned its attack on Israel, Biden's intelligence community was focused on climate change. Biden administration focused on climate change under renewed scrutiny after U.S. failed to detect Hamas's attack. So while the Hamas terror group was working with Iran to launch its October 7 attack on Israel, the Biden regime's intelligence community was ramping up efforts to combat climate change. Yeah, that's right. We need spies to fix climate change. Raising questions about America's failure to detect the terror attack. As the Israel-Gaza conflict enters the second month, congressional leaders are beginning to examine whether the Biden regime's intelligence shift, which included adding a climate scientist 
to his Intelligence Advisory Board, a task force that tracks national security issues and executive orders that required the intelligence community to assess security risks posed by climate change, may have contributed to America's failure to spot Hamas's planning beforehand. Hamas has been planning the attack for over a year, according to reports. This world faces unprecedented threats from communist China, the Iran regime, Russia. If the Biden administration is shifting intelligence and defense assets to focus on climate change. And while that was happening in the United States, in Israel, Ehud Barak had been leading a three-year planned coup. Should Netanyahu win the prime ministership again and build a coalition for three years? With the help of the Democrat Party in the United States, with the help of the New York Times and Thomas Friedman, with the help of J Street and other organizations of self-hating Jews, the Jewish vote, and uh, by the way, an organization founded by Noam Chomsky. Look him up. See who he is. I do my homework. The media do not. While they were leading a coup, while they were leading a revolution, while they were leading a civil war against the duly elected government in Israel, much of what happens here as well. In fact, Ehud Barak told the Mossad not to pay attention to Netanyahu, IDF fighter pilots not to pay attention to Netanyahu. While all this was going on, Hamas was plotting And then Hamas attacked. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Let's see here. Randy Weingart, you remember her? She's the substitute teacher who now runs the American Federation of Teachers. She's not the brightest bulb. In fact, she's dumb as a doorknob. She's a nasty, radical Marxist. And of course, she's destroying public education as we know it. Other than that, pretty nice gal. May I call her a gal? Maybe it's not a gal. And it. Well, I posted the, in front of the uh, White House, my wife had taken a video of a number of rabbis, davening, orthodox rabbis, probably mostly Chabad rabbis. And there were hundreds of them. So I, minding my own business, I posted it on my social sites. Then along comes this stalker, who obviously has nothing to do with her life, hanging on the internet, God knows what she's looking at. And, uh, what does she say? Well, what do you call it, Mr. Does she retweets or responds to my tweet? What's the official language here? Quote, quote, treated it, tweeted it, tweeted it, whatever. Now, in 2010, as the New York Post points out, she considers herself to be a deeply religious Jew. Well, she's a liar. I doubt that. She quoted Jewish conservative commentator Mark Levin's video footage of the minion of these rabbis. A quorum of Jewish adults, traditionally male, required for certain religious observances outside the White House. And you know what this dimwit said? Where are the women? 
I thought women or woman was a banned word now. I mean, when you have a Supreme Court justice that can't define woman. But Randy Weingarten can because she famously announced that publicly nobody cared, nobody asked that I think she was married to another woman, something like that. I get so confused these days. Now, I didn't ask her for her opinion. I don't care for her opinion. I don't care about her. In fact, I dislike her intensely given what she's doing to the young people in this country. Where are the women? So this was really an attack on Orthodox Judaism. She would never do that for the Muslims that have separate parents. No, no, no. Where are the women? I guess they're praying over in another direction, which is the way it works. I'm sorry, everybody can't be members of the American Federation of Teachers, a.k.a. the American Federation of Propagandists. About 35% of teachers are Republicans, but I'm talking about the other 65% that run the show. Orthodox Jews have gender-separated prayers, for, and they've had it for thousands of years. Thousands of years. So I decided to respond to her, and not in any substantive way, because I think she's got a negative IQ, and it wouldn't matter anyway. She's a zealot. So I wrote, you're a contemptible moron. Get off my timeline, you idiot. Isn't that pretty much what I would say on the phone, Mr. Producer? You're a contemptible moron, Ryan Garten. Get off my timeline, you idiot. So, others joined in. The commentary exploded. So she blocked the comments, didn't she, Mr. Producer? She didn't want to hear anything. Brother Ben Shapiro jumped in. But I will tell you. (laughs) The guy that jumped in with not just two feet, but both hands and every other body part was Dave Rubin. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? Did you read his comments or you didn't? They were brutal. Brutal. Well, when you're stupid... And you open yourself up like that. Uh, I had no idea I was starting such a ruckus. Uh, And actually, I wasn't. She was. This is this. The imposition, the projection of the radical Marxist equity ideology onto religion and every other aspect of our society. It is corrupt. It is rotten to the core. And she thought she was being sanctimonious. Talking down to us. But actually she just revealed what an imbecile she is. And the people who vote for her to be president of the uh, AFT, you are likewise imbeciles too. I want to comment briefly, speaking of imbeciles and union thugs, about the head of the UAW. What is the senator's name again, Mr. Do you remember that senator? Can you Google his name? I want to give him credit. Mullen. Senator Mullen. That's good enough of Oklahoma. And there's a number of people who are laughing. Senators shouldn't act this way. No, 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 no. They should act like Talib and spew Jew-hating poison each and every day. They should act like Omar. Same thing. They should act like AOC. 
That's tolerable. What this senator demonstrated is that he's a man's man. That the head of the Teamsters Union, who's been admonished before, including by his own union, more than once, is a pig. He's a slob. And he makes threats. And he made threats against Senator Mullen on Twitter. Thinks he's a real mob guy, you know. And he even said he wants the Teamsters to be more like the mob, meaning in the past. And so there he is with a few others. They dress him up with a tie. But a monkey still looks like a monkey even with a tie. In his case, I guess, an orangutan. It's a big boy. He's about as wide as he is tall. Looks the part of a schlub. So Senator Mullen calls him out. Reminds him of what he said on Twitter, basically calling out the senator. But he called out the wrong senator. Senator Mullen is a man's man. He's a combat veteran. He was a boxer, a fighter. I also think he was, for a period of time, MMA. He's a good old boy from Oklahoma. Not some three-piece suit moron from Manhattan. And in front of the whole nation, in front of the committee, he called out, Mr. Union boss, Mr. Mob boss, and was ready to deal with it right there and then. People said, well, we can't allow this sort of thing to happen in the Senate. This is beneath contempt. Uh, it's embarrassing. It wasn't embarrassing to me. You saw on display a man who earned his credit in the military, was for a period of time a professional martial arts fighter and boxer. And these tough guys who hide on their social media platforms and they make their statements and they do what they do. Well, Mullen didn't forget what this guy said and who he was. And he called him out. Oh, that's so beneath us. That's so contemptible. It's amazing. Democrats are destroying America. Our cities are filled with horrendous crime. They're filthy. People can't walk. They can't drive their cars. Kids can't go to school. But this is, a, this is beneath contempt. We've never seen anything like this in America. Yes, we have. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying we have. One member of Congress almost beat another member of Congress to death with his cane over the Civil War. One off, two off, three off. I got it. But I looked at Mullen. I saw what he was doing. I heard what he said. And I said, I like this guy. No pretensions. He sees the punk that threatened him online. The punk who threatened him online gets a lot of TV FaceTime, gets paid a bundle, gets paraded around by the Democrat Party. Joe Biden would like to sniff his hair, except he's bald. Treated like a king because he's head of the Teamsters. 
And by the way, I know many Teamsters and they're good guys. I'm not talking about that. Again, I'm talking about the boss. A Democrat Party hack. Forget about what the media spin is. Forget about these self-absorbed, self-aggrandizing hosts and reporters. This is just horrendous. This was not theater. It was not manufactured drama. It was the real thing. Bernie Sanders stepped in the middle and said, Hey, this is the Senate. Senator, sit down. What are you doing? This is the Senate. Sit down. Everybody's praising Bernie for being quite the referee. Bernie, who's burning down our country. You see, ladies and gentlemen, as long as you destroy the country wearing a tie, have a suit on, your hair's combed, they call you honorable, you can do whatever you want, legislatively. You can turn the country inside out, you can bankrupt the country, you can destroy the border. That's senatorial. Oh, that's just great. But if you stand up and say, hey, you punk, I remember what you wrote about me. You challenged me, you threatened me, you were going to take me down, now's your chance. That's beyond the pale. What do you mean? Can't do that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, Mr. Producer, I finally figured out why Randy Weingarten runs the American Federation of Teachers. It's not because she's smart, she's stupid. It's not because she cares about kids, she doesn't. It must be her good looks, don't you think? She's very charismatic. I mean, if we can judge Newsom, gruesome Newsom, who's destroyed California, put the final nail in California's heart by his looks. Oh, he looks so presidential. Oh, he's so charismatic. Then we can judge Randy Weingarten by her lack of looks. Can we not, Mr. Producer? If it's fair game, it's fair game. How dare you, Mark? How dare me what? Say what everybody's thinking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's like this guy, Colby Hall. Is that his name? Colby over there at Mediate? Colby. Colby. Mama's called. He's a founding editor, so he must be really good. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world. God bless each and every one of you. Great patriots. And we stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel, too. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 